Hey, hey, listeners. Welcome to another week of Disrupt You. I am one of your hosts, Taylor Bell. I'm that loves her pet chickens, wishes she would have invested in Bitcoin, but it's probably going to make it anyway type of friend. And I'm Dr. Dustin York, otherwise known as Floyd Mayweather. And let me tell you, Taylor, I had a rough night last night. Did you have a rough night? Floyd, tell me about it, please. Rough night. I got I got beat. I mean, by a YouTube celebrity in a boxing Mm. match when I'm the best boxer of all time. I don't even know anymore. Mm. I I need to retire. Did you throw it? It seems it seems like you might have been paid to throw it. Okay, Taylor, I got a question. Would you rather fight Floyd Mayweather for one round or Mike Tyson in his prime for 30 seconds? What do you think? Mike Tyson in his prime for 30 seconds. What? What? Uh-uh. I'm, I would run away from that. I mean, the whole time he would, oh, that's an animal of an individual. His, he had a documentary came out. Uh, yeah. Recently. It's amazing. Oh, I give all credit to that man. But man, he's, he was dangerous. <laughs> dangerous. He want a pet tiger. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. Uh, all right. So this is not a boxing podcast, but man, I just have fear in my eyes. When I, I even think of Tyson now, what's going on? What's going on in the, the higher ed world? What's on your mind? Well, I mean, it's not boxing, but I think that there is something to a sport or game uh, when it comes to education and especially higher ed. Cause I feel like it's been in such a box for like what feels like decades, scores, centuries. I don't know. Education has not evolved the way that it needs to. Um, and I feel like, it, when you offer me points, like I'm just going to put this out there. When you offer me points for something, you say I can have a cookie or a gold star, like I am in there. I want all the points. I want all the virtual cookies, whatever it is, give them to me. I want to succeed. I think we need to be looking at more gamification and experiential learning in higher education. So let me ask you a question. So <clears throat> I did this, this has been like four years now, and I found it a surprise and I found not what I thought I was going to get into when, when I gamified our majors. We have a major, uh, 60 students, and we had this optional gamification process where you've got a badge for doing different, different things. Like you got a badge for doing an internship, an informational interview. It, was all, it wasn't connected to a single class. It was connected to a major, right? What, what, do you th- what would you be more connected to? Because we had a leaderboard, right, of like who had the most badges and whatnot. Would you be more competitive with the other majors in your your program, or would you be more competitive with yourself to see how many badges you can get? What would you be? Ooh, that's tricky. That's tricky. So I think I would probably like straddle the line. So Mm -hmm. I would probably primarily focus on beating myself because I want all the badges, all Mm -hmm. the accolades. Gimme, gimme, gimme. But also once I started to feel like I was amassing these things like quickly or I, I really understood what I was doing to get these badges, I would definitely start competing uh, with my with my other major with the other majors. No I question. Love I love it. And that's how we had that's why um, I had that's how I built it was I think there were like 35 different badges, 37 different badges. And you could see where you ranked in the program. You could also rank yourself by um, by year, right? Because a freshman obviously just can't have as many badges as a senior. So you could see within freshmen where I ranked and whatnot. And 
I went in thinking, okay, we're going to have a leaderboard. They're going to get competitive with each other. They're going to be pushing each other. And what surprised me is kind of what you said is I would say 80% of them. Uh, and that's just a random number off the top of my head, but it feels like 80% was more competing with themselves. They were trying to like level up their character. One student told me, right? Like a video game. They're trying to level yeah, up their yeah, own yeah. character. I thought that was fascinating. And I think I came in with a, lo- a wrong view and that maybe a listener can take in. It's not necessarily students competing with each other, but instead kind of what you say, right? Leveling up, competing with yourself. And um, they got into it. They really got into it. We had about, uh, it was optional. It was an optional thing. They is basically, you know, more professional experience, but over half, it was about 55% of our majors. Um, good. Yeah. To this kind of piece. So it was, it was pretty neat. What, what are your thoughts? So if you're trying to gamify, are you thinking gamifying a class, a program, a whole college experience? What are you thinking? Well, I think it, if it was my personal undertaking, right, I definitely start with a class because for me, I like to create like a template and some rubrics and really know what the objectives are for what we're trying to do. But I think what you did program wide, especially if you have a bunch of courses that share similar or the same objectives, that is an amazing opportunity. Um, I like the idea of badges, but I would even go more gamey and honestly give them, give them characters. Mm -hmm. So when I think about like, you know, I, I think in the realm of cyber a lot. So at the beginning, like you are the lead security for X company. This is your company all semester. And this company has these problems. They have to set up a dashboard so that they're they're tracking their um, cyber threats. And they're actually like a character in this particular business. And every time you mitigate a threat, every time you um, institute or implement something new that helps detect threats or, or things of that nature, uh, you kind of, you level up and you get access and more opportunity to more tools or um, more support uh, as you're going through the course. That's cool. I was thinking like, I'm just visualizing like your business grows. Like almost, I'm almost visually visualizing like you start in a, a garage, right? And uh, you start your cyber firm there and then you work your way up to some penthouse suite in uh, the city or something. That'd be cool. That'd yeah, be cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you're like, uh, you also are getting like threats, uh, updates, like in the middle of the night. So like, it's like two in the morning and your business has just had someone try to hack it. What are you going to do? Complete simulation, like immersive. So I love this. And and Taylor, we kind of talked offline right before this, but I've been trying to figure out this kind of simulator approach to classes where we both know we've had the whole podcast a couple of weeks ago about OERs and textbooks are just tough, especially when we talk about emerging fields like cybersecurity, for example, right? Or social media and my world, SEO and things. So I'd love to build what, what you're talking about in an app where if it's social media and there's a crisis that happens at 10 p.m., you get a push notification, say, hey, this just happened. And then you have to apply, right? Not because it was an assignment that you heard about in class, but because for these 72 hours, you are the director of cybersecurity or the director of social media for Panera Bread or whatever the case may be. And you actually go through the motions, right? Of what does 72 hours in that field look like simply through your phone, right? Uh, Because I know a lot of people- I love that. I I don't know about you, but I could do 
nine, I could probably do a hundred percent of my work. Some of it would be uncomfortable. I'd rather be on my laptop, but if I had to, I could do a hundred percent of my work on my phone, right? If need be a hundred percent of it. Now I That's do aggressive. I would, I would, I would choose a laptop for certain things like long form writing or whatnot. But I think that the opportunity for simulations is awesome. I think it's super cool. Where, how far away are we from that? Where every major has a simulator to be career focused and whatnot. I mean, I hope we're not as far as it seems. I'd like to see some of this instituted by like 2023, right? It, some of it's really simple. Um, if we have any app builders listening, uh, holla, reach out to us. We need you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think as soon as we can uh, put our finger on a platform, as far as higher education goes, that the possibilities are endless. Most people come to university with a phone. I mean, maybe some people don't, but I would say most people do. Um, And also with uh, the combination of bring your own device and also devices for people that have one-to-ones at their universities, there are so many opportunities for students to be able to engage with real world um, experiences in from within and without the classroom. So I, I think we're close, man. We're close. We're almost there. <clears throat> and once a <clears throat> some big Silicon Valley company reaches out to disrupt you, man, what color what color Lamborghini you gonna have, Taylor? Ooh, purple. <clears throat> purple Lamborghini. I love it. I love mm-hmm. it. With peanut butter insides, please. I got a question for you. Okay, so you you brought you started this conversation about gamification, right? Gamif- gamifying a class. What if like this is this is a deep this is kind of a deep question. But what if you just blew up the whole idea of classes or degrees or whatnot? Because how we've had it in the past was it's 16 weeks of class. You need 120 credits to graduate. You need these many classes, these many, you know, major classes. Blah, blah, blah. That hasn't changed, right? That is what it is. It's been like that forever. I mean, could that experience ever be broken up to the sense that the whole piece is modular? where it's not necessarily I'm going to get three credits because there's a 16 week class and I get three credits at the end of it. Could it, could it ever be in the process where, you know, those learning objectives are broken out and modularized outside of a class? Do you think that's ever possible? So it's super weird that you bring this up because it's kind of my dream. It's okay. like the most enhanced level of self-paced um, like education that you can have. Mm-hmm. So I love the idea of having the ability as a student to say, all right, I'm going to work on this module. It makes sense. And of course, this will be requisite and uh, before we could move on to higher equity and, you know, learning in some things in a linear path, but um, you would be able to pick and choose the pieces that you were a emotionally and mentally prepared to conquer at that time. And then you'd be able to kind of set a pace for yourself. And I think that that creates more time management and real world skills, because if you set that it's going to take you to do something that would technically take eight weeks and 24 weeks, that's your choice. But you're also going to see what, how that impacts your learning, your, your learning career. So I really like that idea, but I don't know how we achieve that. What is, what does that actually look like when you go to register? What does that look like? I think, yeah, first, I think it's the only way to make it happen is a subscription model. I think that's the only way to make it, right? It's a subscription model where you pay this much month and you take whatever you take, right? You, you could have a rough month and not get anything done. You could have an on the ball month. I think that's the only way to get it done. 
I think you also limit, it has to, I mean, I guess it doesn't technically have to be, but you're going to lean more into asynchronous learning because Definitely. it's modularized that way. Not everyone does well or succeeds well in an asynchronous model. So it does support certain students more than others, but there could always be, you know, you know, additions to it and say, Hey, here's a one day workshop request off work, you know, get family members to help with family or babysitting, things like that. Maybe there's one, some of those one-time synchronous approaches to kind of help push forward. But I think the majority has to be asynchronous. I, I haven't figured out a way to get around that piece, which is good for some people. They love it. Some people can't do it. Um, but I mean, that is the ultimate gamification, right? Of education. I mean, that is the top of the mountain <laughs> of gamification. I, I agree. And I mean, I, I think there's even opportunities and, and maybe this is further out to solve that synchronous issue when we have those virtual teaching avatars, right? Like when we have virtual Dustin York and uh, we, we can talk to Dr. York and he knows what you would say and he responds to that in, in real time. So I'm, I'm fingers crossed for big things. Yeah. I, I mean, I remember, I think it was in high school, this was, this was talked about and the, the idea where at some day in the future, right? One of these like movies in the future, you'll be able to talk to Abraham Lincoln. And you'll know you'll have this conversation. I, I think it's exciting. I'm waiting for that'd be a, a cool, cool opportunity for sure. But yeah, I think I mean at the end of the day, right? And again, we're blowing it all up. I, I and to tell you the truth, I'm not for a pro. I'm just asking the questions. I, I this could be a terrible idea or a good idea. But at the end of the day, every class is learning objectives. Those learning objectives are chosen by the faculty members who build the program, right? They're quality learning objectives. I think you, at some point you say, just as a fun exercise, not saying we have to do it, but as a fun exercise, ask the question, are there multiple ways to get to those learning objectives? Or is the only way to get to those learning objectives is 16 weeks, um, two days a week live, or you know, eight weeks with these modular modules that go out of date within six months? To tell you the absolute truth, asynchronous is perfect. They all go out of date within six months. So like... I think there are limitations, but there are options. There are opportunities here like no other. It's a big task, though. Big task. Huge. And uh, listeners, I hope you're ready to help us with that because we need you. So we, we need you to put your d- disruptive thinking caps on so you can help us out solving these issues. I love it. I love it. And man, I love what you're saying about like when you bring up the simulator. I, I would love if every major had a simulator. I know, you know, this is really new. We just had a meeting, what, last week, and there's a professor, I forget what state, Pennsylvania, I forget what state uh, this professor was, but he had an app for science, a science app, mm-hmm. and it just made it easy to use, right? It was a kind of a simulator app experience. And if we scaled that, right, we had that kind of hit them where they are approach of, of learning. It made it more than read this paragraph and tell me the keywords, right? Remember what the keywords were. It's like, use the stuff that you'll be doing in the career. I think it's multiple. I mean, okay, Taylor, not only, right? Not only does it help you like, okay, I, I feel more connected to what I'm going to do for a living. But here's the thing. Did you change your major as a, 
I added, no, yes, I did. Yeah, I did. Before I even started, actually. Okay, before you started. I changed too. I changed twice. And I don't know what the stat is, but the majority of students change their major. Don't you feel like if you, freshman year, you were in a simulator of the job, the job that you're going toward, wouldn't you figure that out quick? Wouldn't you figure out if this is what I want to do? Or if you had like a USIM, like a, we call it USIM at our university, but like first year class, like the freshman class. Yeah. Yeah. If you had like one week simulator and you got to pick eight on campus, pick eight different majors, you get to spend one week in each simulator. What? That's a great way to spend a term. I'm telling you, that's just your, you know, your first year freshman seminar class. I think that would be fascinating. Fascinating. That would be fascinating. Hard to manage, but really fascinating. Yeah. And and we we talked about hard to manage. I could even see where we got to get out of the sense of like, okay, here's, I mean, no university, well, maybe Harvard or Texas, someone with like billions of dollars of, of, of expendable cash can do this, but you don't need to own your own simulators. Let's True. have Taylor's simulator that's used at 200 different universities for that topic. Someone in New Mexico has their simulator, right? Someone in Mexico City has their simulator that's used. I think they're, you just pick and choose, right? I think there's opportunities there. I completely agree. That's a, that's something to noodle on. Something, something to noodle on. Basically, Taylor, I'm not saying let's burn the house of all those textbooks, <laughs> but let's go through a little bit more update opportunities. I completely agree. Well, is there anything else on your mind, Dr. York? No, let's change the game. I'm, I'll keep my eye on my phone, Silicon Valley. Reach out to us. <laughs> the brain. So I'll, I'll, be, I'll be Taylor's receptionist and I'll take notes and make sure that Taylor gets back to you. At a, uh, uh, you're hilarious. We're going to change the game by making it a game and I'm with it. Uh, thanks so much, listeners. Get out there and be disruptive. We'll see you next week.